Welcome back to the Better Men, Better Ball Player Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb. I want to thank you for joining us here on our 106th episode of the podcast. We get a chance to talk to Bill Moziello, head coach at Ohio State. Coach Moziello is an absolute dude. Huge baseball guy. Um, one of the most accomplished assistant coaches in the country. With several different stops in Power 5 programs. He's been the associate head coach at TCU for nine seasons. He's had nearly 30 years of collegiate coaching experience, seven more years as a minor league manager, where also he was part of and spent two years mentoring, working with Mike Trout. 2017, uh, he was on the USA Baseball 18U national team, that's on staff. Uh, in the 16U, he was the head coach of the National Development Program team at 16U level. Over 90 major leaguers, 28 All-Stars, two batting title winners, two ALVPs, AL Rookie of the Year, Cy Young winner. Coach Moziello has been there, has coached him. He's a tremendous, tremendous baseball mind. He's worked in the Yankees organization with the Angels. He worked under legendary coach Augie Garita. And we all know Coach Schlossnagel and this time they spent over there at TCO. And now he's the head coach at Ohio State. Getting a chance to talk to him. He's been to ABC. I've heard him uh, talk to ABCA. Um, love his passion. You'll hear the enthusiasm. You hear the passion comes out through him. Uh, just an unbelievable guy that very fortunate to be able to just spend some time with. And you, you're probably going to have to listen to it a couple times. Uh, you've heard me. If you've heard me enough, I can get pretty quick. And... Coach Mosiello, we both just we fed, we fed off everybody's energy and it was a blast. So really looking forward to this. Really had a ton of fun. I uh, hope you guys have plenty uh, plenty to learn from and take notes on. Like I said, might take you a couple times because we got pretty excited. Uh, but we get a base running culture. Um, it, it, what his great players all had in common, great coach they worked with, all have in common. Uh, a ton of information, and we went through it quick. Uh, we went through a ton of stuff, and it was awesome. Um, and so I just really, really want to thank him for that. And like I said, I also want to thank our sponsors at Netting Pros. Netting Professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Netting Professionals specialize in design, fabrication, installation of custom netting for backstops, batting cages, dugouts, scoreboards, BP screens, and ball carts. They also design and install digital wall graph padding, windscreen, turf, turf protectors, dugout benches, dugout cubbies, and more. Netting professionals continue to provide quality products and services to many recreation, high school and college fields, facilities, and stadiums throughout the country. Contact them today at 844-620-2707 or info at nettingpros.com. Visit them online at www.nettingpros.com or check out Netting Pros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for all the latest projects and products. So again, check those guys out. My man, Will Miner, those guys at Netting Pros do it right. Check them out for anything that you need. Uh, and again, Coach Moziello, you won't be disappointed by this. Uh, it's phenomenal. Uh, loved it. And again, a guy just feeds off my energy. We're speaking the same language, it's the same pace, and we just rolled. And uh, so again, Coach, I can't thank you enough. And I'm sure you'll do great things. So without further ado, here he is, Coach Bill Moziello. You know, no, number one, it's, it's adapt or die. So you better make some adjustments if you want to stay in this game and evolve and, and continue to 
you know, to keep up with the Joneses and, and you have to. I've got a really, I've been really blessed. I've got a really strong core belief that I don't care what day and age you're in. There are certain things that are going to be done that have to be done in order for you to have success or, or in order to respect the game and to play the game the right way, or which I consider playing the game the right way. So I, I stick really true to my beliefs and who I am and who I've always been. But yet there's certain things that you have to adjust and you've got to be able to relate to the players. and You, you, you have to have an understanding of what the players like to a little extent also. You know what I mean? And, and you gotta ha- you gotta realize, hey, this is how players learn today, or this is what maybe uh, turns them on a little bit, and this is what they're looking for. But again, I'm never gonna I'm not the devil, you know, the, I'm never gonna you know, let the devil start taking over over this game. You know, I'm gonna, you know, just just stick with who I am and then if that's not good enough for them, then so be it. And could you could you speak to a couple of those beliefs that you feel like are just non-negotiable? Yeah, so like for me, for me, non-negotiable is like no chance would I learn, let a guy ever be on my field that has pants over his kneecaps. You know what I mean? Like there's no chance. Like the, you know, whatever that new style is, and even when I'm recruiting a kid that I really like, he may have it. And maybe as I talk to him and say, "Hey, man, what's with that? Uh, your pants over your knee, man." Uh, Derek Jeter didn't doesn't have those, man. Watch the captain. Derek Jeter's not wearing them, and you sort of get a little feel what he looks like the next game and stuff. And, and again, and I know that's so harmless, and that's just such a little little thing, but I, I just would refuse to do that. You know, I mean, I'm just not going to – they can put their pants down a couple more inches and still look really uh, really good and really have some swag so they can still look like a ball player with them down a little bit. So, like, I would never allow that. Um, you know, the bat flips and things, like, there's a it's, a – it's a fine line between playing the game with some enthusiasm and having joy through it. And the little tiny little bat flip is great, but when it's a, it's a choreographed act or when you're doing it – to an opponent or you're flipping a bat and then looking at the opponents and you know we're going to keep all of our joy into our own team and, and playing with that great passion and, and again finding that fine line that a little a little bat flips fine and just that little bit the if you throw it super high in the air or you're doing certain things you can watch a player and you know like he it's choreographed him and his buddies and you're going to see one one teammate try to outdo the other one later in the game and you know that's just not for me i'm gonna watch mike trout hit a home run still to this day watch him hit a 500 foot home run you know i mean he, mike trout's gonna almost like he's ashamed that he hit one off the pitcher you know and again that's just me a little bit but i but it's that final i want him to have a blast i want him to enjoy coming to the ballpark but there's still a respect for your teammates and and there's a part of the game where you don't want to wake wake the opponents up man like hit that yeah. homer um, enjoy yourself enjoy our teammates um and then we always know there's certain games where you become even more hyped and you know, but, but normally what happens, like when I see the, the younger guys playing, it's like they just try to outdo the other one. A lot of times it's not even in their character, but the other team did so many things and they decided they, they were fed up and they were going to try to do it. You know, and I just wish the coaches would do a better job of, you know, of, of just handling their, handling their players. And again, it, it's, you know, they're, when it's a high school kid, the younger kid, I mean, it's like they're, they're, they're trying to have fun. They're trying to play, but we've got so much, you know, we're getting mixed messages and on Twitter and the social media, which I'm not a big fan of, so I, that I don't do, but I understand as part of society. Um, but like, you know, the, you know, they may, there, maybe there's this deal on some picture showing up the opponents and it gets publicity. So now the kid wants to try to get himself on social media. So it, it's a fine line to balance. You know what I mean? Like there's obviously a lot worse things that a kid could do than just doing those things. But I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I've always just believe I'm a keeper of the game. You know, like somebody's got to, you know, without trying to be so old school, that, you know, and we're going to throw at that guy. You know, like that's not part of the game either, you know. So it, it's a thing. I just, you know, 
my goal job in my mind is to teach guys to play the game the right way and um, you know and have great respect for their opponents but yet have that enthusiasm to play and we want them to continue to want to play so it's a slippery slope I probably shouldn't even be saying some of the things I don't like to be honest with you but I'm I'm super transparent and, and obviously I believe in those things and I'm going to be strong and, and for me like if, if a player wants to do those type of things and they can't complain at Ohio state. You know what I mean? Like that, that's not what, that's not what we're going to do. And if you want to do that and there's a place that says, Hey, that's what we do here, then more power to you. You know? Yeah. And I just think being the, the transparency though is also what people, there's definitely sides of that that people still want that, you know what I mean? And so I, I love the transparency. I think that's why you're such a well-respected guy is because people know how transparent and things like that you are, um, you know, and, and, and speaking of like, I guess the, the part of it too, like I just know how well, like I just know how well your teams have always base run, you know, like you've always been well on base running. Cause like, that's a coached up thing. And, and you guys uh, as do it well. So it seems like that's also a pretty non-negotiable as well. Like you're going to run the bases a certain way. Or you're going to run them uh, with a certain purpose. Uh, could you kind of dive in a little bit about like, you know, how, like your, your system of base running, how it's kind of changed. I remember even seeing you like, like getting in running stances, especially first and second. I remember watching you guys at TCU West Virginia. Like I remember just first and second, what your guys at first would do and things like that. Like um, just kind of dive into some base running stuff too, that I feel like are, are pretty core to what you do. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's, it's something that we can bring to the ballpark every single day. You know what I mean? And base running isn't always about stealing bases because the, the opponents sometimes, the pitchers are one, two, four to the plate. He has got a good move. The catcher can really throw. So if your team's going to be based on stealing bases, that can be taken away very easily. But reading balls in the dirt, going first to third. You know, we have certain technique with a runner on first for the guy in front of you. Because with my, with all my clubs, the, the runner at second base is able to steal third whatever he wants. He knows when he can get a certain jump. He has certain spots at second base that he knows if I can get to this spot when the pitcher pitches, I can run. So the runner at first has no idea ever when he's running. So he has to be prepared all the time. And we have different rules at second base. Once you cross over, you have to go. You know what I mean? You can't cross over and, oh, I didn't get a jump. Now the run on first, your trail runner is now going to get doubled up. So it, it, it's, it's worked on. The biggest thing is it's worked on daily. The very first thing we do after stretch is we have some some base base running theme. It could be steals versus the left-hander first move. It could be hit and run jumps. It could be ball in the dirts. It could be going first to third. Today could be runners on third. We're doing the contact play to introduce it. And then we'll do that every single day in BP. I'm a huge believer in... We do basically almost base running every day we hit on the field because you, you're creating instincts. You know, so many coaches believe, well, he just doesn't have good instincts. And, you know, and I, I don't believe in that. You can work on those things. Sure, some people pick things up way quicker than others. But if you make a big deal about it daily and every single swing and, and an action off the bat is a decision by a base runner. So, and you have to have somebody watching it. I see a lot of teams, they may be out there doing base running, but nobody's paying attention and who cares what they do. So they're actually creating bad habits. You know, one, one of my sayings is don't mistake activity for achievement is actually a famous John Wooden. So you may think you do base running every day or every other day, but if you're not really detail oriented and, and having somebody really watch them and coaching them up on every mistake, then you didn't do base running. You think you did, but you really didn't do it. So I think in everything in life, but especially in, on the baseball field, we're trying to create habits. Like even, you know, stepping back on a line drive, not a freeze, not a run back, stepping back, and then recognizing if it gets through or not. And I think if you just do those over and over and then teach, 
through it daily, you can become really good at it. You know, one of my favorite things is when I heard um, Wayne Gretzky's dad, Walter Gretzky. And, you know, everybody always talked about Wayne Gretzky, the great one. And he had, they always said, what great instincts he had. And, and Walter Gretzky, his dad said, great instincts. Like when he grew up, since he was five years old in a rink in the backyard, he learned if a puck went to this corner in this angle, he knew how to cut it off and get to the right spot. So everybody thought, what great instincts. But he had learned those at an early age through repetition that it, when you watched him play, you thought he had great instincts. Right. Again, we've all got to believe that he picked up things pretty quick. You know, one of the things that separates players is uh, a great player learns from somebody else's mistakes. I'm very aggressive and very loud through all of our practices, not so not because I'm getting on the player that made a mistake, so I make sure that every other player understands the mistake he made. So great players learn from other guys' mistakes. Good players learn from their mistakes. Like, hey, I, I screwed up here. I'll never have that again. You know, sometimes we may be doing a, you know, jumps from second base or certain things and somebody screws up. Okay, good. They get yelled at, they get in trouble, but it's not, it's not, they're not being criticized. They're getting coached. But then all of a sudden, three plays later, somebody else made you the exact same mistake. And that, that's, that's hard for me to understand. Like it just happened two pitches ago. We talked about it, um, but I did a poor job of teaching them or we have to do it again. I think one of the things that us coaches really need to understand is, especially someone like me that gets on guys so much and, you know, is coaching them and, a lot of times you may say something and the kid just nods his head like, got it, coach, got it. And then all of a sudden, three innings later, he makes the same mistake. The truth was he didn't get what you said. He just nodded his head so that you thought he understood. So as I evolve daily, I have to really learn that when he comes in from right field or from second base, and I got to say, hey, Trey, did you understand what I was talking about? Here's exactly what happened. You know what I mean? So I have to do a better job of articulating what I had said, you know? And, and I think one thing as coaches, you can't assume anything. Like you better act like it's the first day of practice every single day. You know, obviously it's great when you have a program of older guys that have been through it that really understand you get on a player and then all of a sudden the coaches, the, the, the other players talking to him. Hey, here's what he's talking about. Take a little step back. You don't run all the way back because the ball make it through. Then you've got to redirect where you're going. You know, so so the base running, we take huge pride in it. And it's and also for me as a coach, is like it can be taught. Like, you know, yes. things, obviously you try to improve your hitters and stuff, but I'm not good enough to turn bad hitters into, into great hitters. Um, average hitters into good, you know, I mean, I can help them improve a little bit. And my goal is to get them to become the best version of themselves. And actually, my goal is to get them to become even better than they're supposed to be. But the base running aspect, I'm 100% that as a club, we can steal runs throughout the season by the base running that we do daily. I'm positive I can teach it. I can make sure they understand. Then I let them play with unbelievable freedom to run the bases. Because I'm going to teach them. We're going to go over it. We're going to repeat it. We're going to do it daily. And you're, they're going to become good at it. You know what I mean? Hitting every day and working with hitters is just not that easy. But the base running part doesn't mean you have to be a great runner, but you can still find ways to get extra bases. Being a batter, runner, runner on second base, base hit the center, guy throws to the wrong base, and you're able to get an extra base. So the freebie war is humongous to me, getting free 90s from an offensive standpoint, man. There's so many out there to be had. You know, and defensively, we're trying to keep – we're minimizing the opponent's free 90s. You know, and, and to me, it's, it'd be like sort of like a football coach who's trying to win the turnover battle daily, you know, where the numbers show you the teams that, you know, 
that have the least amount of turnovers are the teams that win the most football games, you know? So I think there's a huge correlation in that. Um, but there's such a fine line between not making mistakes and making them afraid to make mistakes and playing with um, fearless. You know, there's a difference between being reckless and fearless, you know, and, and for me, it's like, if we're going to make a mistake, it's always going to be on the aggressive side, but it's not going to be reckless, you know, and, and I have different philosophies how I, on what I believe that what you should do in inner squads and in practices. And I disagree with, with so many different people and I understand why they do it, but where maybe they have a rule where, Hey, when you get on first, you have to run in the first two pitches or in the fall, every, for every base hit to the outfield, we're going to go first to third and their belief is we're going to learn what we can and can't do. But I think anybody can just run, you know, part of stealing bases is, can you get a jump? Do you have the, the you know, can, do you, do you know what kind of move he has? Is there a tell that he has? So if you just force a guy to run in two pitches, he's just running where my guys are going to run because they can make it because there's a reason they're going to make it. And again, it's, it's, there's no right or wrong. And I understand why guys, they want them to get repetitions and just start taking off. But I, I, anybody can take off. And I just know that when we get into a regular season game, you're not going to just say take off. Because all of us coaches, as soon as you give them a little freedom and they start getting thrown out on the bases, we all panic and we're like, well, that's it. I'm not doing that anymore. Well, it's part of because, well, you went a whole fall with, without, you know, caring about their decisions. You just told them to take off. And now it counts. Now you want them to make the right decisions. You know, so to me, there's a, a balance between that and, learning who you can and can and can't get as a pitcher and certain things. And, and I've got just such a belief. And if you'll um, just enable your players to have freedom to do things and trust themselves that they can do amazing things. And I just know because I've done it for years and man, don't ever underestimate the intelligence of your players. I think too many of us put limits mm. on our players and man, if you'll just give them the authority and the trust and get them to really Trust your players, man. The sky's the limit. Trust your players. The sky's the limit. Absolutely. You see so many guys sandbagging their players and things like that. Oh, they say can't do that and this and that. It's just amazing to me that people people do that. So it's just really awesome to hear you say that. Um, never undermessing your players, trusting your players. Absolutely. You know, they're your guys. They're this what you got. Um, wow, that was awesome. Um, and I agree too. Like hitting is so hitting is so hard because there's just so many also a ton of different philosophies and different things that people that work for guys. I think you hit that on the head um, where hitting is, it's, it is very difficult to basically take where you're at and just make them a great hitter More um, base running. You know, it's something that certainly can be taught. And if they buy into that, you know, as they can, like you said, steal runs throughout the season. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I remember, I remember what you were saying, like in the, so I'm going to watch you at the ABCA and um and you talked about culture, right? And you said well, one thing that just stuck out to me. We said, like, if you have to talk about your culture, you don't have it, you know. And I'm, I remember you saying that. It's just something that stuck with me when you said it, um, you know. And now going into like where you're at, and you're taking on new roles. How do you go about building a culture? Yeah. So now, now <laughs> what you're saying when I talk about a huge contradiction for myself is I have to talk about culture. You know what I mean? We're going to yeah. have to create a culture. But but here's, the, to me, the simplest term on what culture really is. Culture is how you operate. You know what I mean? It's that simple. If you go meet a team or you go into a locker room and you see the way they handle, the players handle themselves, that's what your culture is. If you're allowing profanity and 
and guys are, are on their phones and they're not communicating with each other or being kid, good teammates, that's your culture. You know what I mean? So just it's just the interactions of your kids and what they do. But you have to have you have to define what your culture is going to be. And your job as a leader is to demand it. And this is who we're going to be. So again, when I'm talking at TCU, our culture was so amazing. And, and it was a great culture before I'd even got there. Coach Slosnigel had just killed it with the culture they had built. And that's what made me excited to get there. And then I got to bring my own personality. And Kirk Sarnos um, got to bring his own personality. So we were helped really help our uh, culture evolve because we had different personalities. And all three of us had different, which was an awesome different deal. You had a little bit of everything. It was like Baskin Robbins. So you could pick for, hey, I want to be a little like this coach, a little like this coach, a little like this coach. And then we were all on the same page as coaches. So even though we taught it daily, you know, to me, it's just like a swing, um, but it still comes down to how you operate. And if you have to be someone that, if your culture is a hundred different words on the wall, your players better need better be able to speak what your culture is. You know, so like ours at, at TCU was C, selfless, excellence, and energy. And it was real simple. If you ask any player, what do you guys stand for? Selfless, excellent, and energy. And then they would have their definition. We would teach them, what is the definition of selfless? What is the definition of excellence? You know, what is the definition of energy? So at Ohio State, we're going to use the Ohio. And like O would be ownership. H would be hardworking. I will be integrity. The last O will be one pitch at a time. And part of the things that we will talk about is what does it mean to have ownership in your program? What does it really mean to have be hardworking? What does integrity really mean? And then we just keep it very simple. And we'll actually teach them. And we give them freedom early and say, hey, what does ownership mean to you, Trent? And then you would have one key phrase. And then somebody else would have it. And then I would say, okay, well, here's what I believe ownership is. Boom. You know, and the key is I just want that if when you're when you're really doing it right, if somebody out of North say, what is your Ohio State about? Ohio. And then they would tell you what it looks like. But again, it needs to be coached daily. It needs to be talked about daily. It, they need to be held accountable. It's just not words on a wall. Words on a wall done nothing for you. And that's where I go back to your culture is how you operate. So when you when you uh, are bringing in something new and, and the culture is going to be what, what separates us and gets us back to who I want us to be. Boy, you got You got to learn to do it fast. You got to get them to trust you. And, you know, my, my first meeting is the 21st. And I've rehearsed in my mind a million times what we're going to talk about. I had to change the graphics in the locker room and they're still on hold. You know, they're still being made. You know, thoughts become things. So I need it up in the wall. I need my players to look at Ohio and what it means daily. You know what I mean? And so I, I need it to be tangible for them. I need them to see it every day and then start really understanding it and make it important and, you know, and, under, and understand uh, the passion part and get them to really believe that'll be easy for me. That's what I've been doing my whole life. Like it's, it's, it's a non-negotiable. This is who we're going to be. And those that can't buy into it, they won't be around. It's really that simple. Um, but there are great kids. There's great kids all over the country. I knew there were great kids in the Midwest, the guys that I've got to meet. So that's the exciting part for me, man. They just maybe they need a little kick in the rear, maybe a little more, little foundation of who we are. Maybe, you know, some programs are just all over the place. Or maybe the coaches have a different theme every week of who they want to be. And maybe they just they don't keep it simple enough to say, let's just keep it simple. Let's work under this umbrella and this is who we're gonna be. Hmm. Get me fired up. I mean, you're gonna get some. Big time guys fired up here about all that. Um, I just love even the simple approach. Like you said, you're going to, we already have it. Here's our cult. Here's our 
who we are and we're going to define it and then making sure those guys can also tell you like wh- who it is. Um, everybody, everybody's on the same page. Like this is, it's a simple approach. Um, where do you find time to teach it daily? Cause like you said, and I, it's a hundred percent right. You said, I love how you said, Oh yeah. I yeah, teach it like a swing and do it daily. Right. Where do you, where do you find the time to teach it daily? So we, we, like, for instance, we have a little, uh, we, we don't have the meeting room that I'm used to, but we, we've turned one of the, the kitchen area, which is really big. The, the seats have been ordered right now. It has a TV and the whiteboard. We'll put the 42 seats there and that's where we'll meet every day. And it's something where the first couple of days, instead of going on the field, we will talk about things, the offensive expectations, the pitching expectations, the culture, the first team meeting on the Sunday before school starts, we'll sort of go over the culture. And then it's really, it's just the five minutes a day. You know what I mean? We're just going to talk about it. You know what I mean? And real quick. And, and, and that's going to be the key is keeping it very simplistic, not no big talks, five minutes of it. And then it's just, you know, this is what we do. And when you think you're getting away from it a little bit, you just keep teaching it. And we talk about the compound effect and we talk about doing a little, a lot, not a lot, a little, you know what I mean? So five minutes a day, you start adding up and all of a sudden two weeks later, you've done, you know, look how many minutes you've done an hour on it, you know? And again, I think with players attention spans and just five minutes, really hammering it real quick, boom, give them one, one thought to get better at and they'll become better at it. Whereas if you try to cram it down their throat so much all the time, I think it, they get a lot of it gets lost, I think at times. So again, this is the neat challenge. And I mean, like this is the things and, and um, but I plan on being ready and doing a great job from day one with it. You know, I, I'm going to, again, it's, it's very simple. And, and really it's talking about do the right thing. You know what I mean? Like if you want to really get simple, the culture is going to be do the right thing. Even when you don't want to do it like that's. And, and the thing is, we all know what the right thing is. We just don't always like doing it. And, it's, and, and although doing the right thing should be the easiest thing, it's not always, you know, so that, that's, that's really, you know, the, the golden rule, treat others as you would on other, as you would like others to treat on, treat on you. You know what I mean? Like that's being a great teammate. How, how, what do you want? You want people to yell at you and get on you or do you want them to help you out? And when they have an answer that you don't, that they can help you. You know what I mean? Sometimes players, a lot of times players will do things as they get older because they had an older player do it to them. Sometimes mm. the guy, the bad kid wants to like, well, I was treated horrible as a freshman. That's what I'm going to do to you. Like who, who does that? You know what right. I mean? Like, you know what I mean? But, but sometimes a player does that. Well, well, that's what they did to me. So I'm going to do it. No way. Do you remember that one kid that you thought was super special in your program? That's who you should want to emulate, you know? Um, and again, I don't have those older guys that have been through it. You know what I mean? I, we've got to do it, but I know that they're great kids. You know what I mean? And then, and they, and then they should be hungry to want to make some changes. I think anytime a team hasn't had great success, if they're at all worth their salt, they're, they're willing to make changes. You know, the tough part would come into a good club when you want to make changes, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then it's like, well, why would we change? We've been doing, we've been doing really well. When a program has just been okay, um, I think sometimes they should have a hunger, you know. Not uh, yeah, for sure. No, totally understandable. Um, and just with that, like talk about that challenge there, coach. Like, what do you do to give them that model? Like, I know you you model the passion. You could tell, like, right away they're gonna come with the energy, you're gonna come with that passion. How do you emulate that that kind of teammate, maybe that player model that you'd like to see? Yeah, you know, so it, it just it'll just start from you know on the field and every time we do something, hey, here's a first and third defenses, you know, I'll show them the videos of 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 
what what my clubs have done in the past, or when we're running the bases, we'll show them clips. My my tough things to get, you know, they're going to get sick and tired of hearing about TCU. So I'm going to try not to try not to really talk about them. You know, I mean that that's the past. Um, I'm so proud of my players and the coaches that I was around, and you know, I'm still even a little crazy in my own stomach to be gone from them. You know, I mean, my, my nine years with them was the greatest nine years of my life, and I've been a I've had a blessed career my whole life. But the last nine years have been so special to me and my family. The kids that were in the program, like I could start crying, thinking about individuals and what they mm. meant to me. And they, they, they taught me way more than I taught them. And I, and I, and I try to say that. I mean, if people laugh. They think I'm just making that up, but I actually mean it, you know. So but I'm just so proud. And they pick things up so quick. So I, I, I have a model. I know what it looks like. Um, yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just teaching guys without getting them. Um, I, I can't, you know, try to forget the three letters TCU. Just, but, but, but watching these, and then after one year, we're gonna have our own clips. You know what I That's mean? That's right. But That's right. Going in, this is the only clips I have. Here's how we did our this deal. Here's our hang play at second base on a fly ball. Here's how we do it. Here's the repetition. And I'm a real big, you know, I have a a style that I teach first, I, they hear it, they write it in their notes, then they see it, we'll show video clips of what we're doing that day. Um, then, it, you know, they write it down, they see it, they write it, we go out and have a couple of players demonstrate, and then we rep, 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 you know, so repetition. So everything we do, it starts with the video clips and here's our bunt defenses, here's what our play one looks like, play two, play three, you know what I mean? And you, and you just watch that. And again, you do it just for seven, eight minutes. They watch that. And then you just go out and make your own mistakes and practice it. And then, then you, you know, treat it like a football team. You can, you know, whatever each program is a little different. Then you get to watch your team do it. Then you can watch the videos and then show them certain things, good and bad of what they've done, you know, but I'm a big, big believer of, of watching the videos and showing that and having the access, you know, and like I said, being like a football team and showing them what's, what's happening in practice and things. Yeah, well, like you said, too, how they learn. I mean, most kids are lots what they're watching anyway. So after the game, they're watching their phones, they're watching videos. So it right. absolutely, absolutely makes sense that that's probably the you know, best that majority of them are going to learn, <clears throat> too. Speaking of another thing that you, I know that your past clubs, and I say I've watched you guys play, um, you know, watch you work, Coach, is your dugouts. Your dugouts are involved. And I would just like to know and get a little glimpse of how do how do you teach that when getting your dugout participation uh, and the engagement that you have? Like you said, it's not activity in the dugout. You see them foul balls; they're up in the dugout. You see certain things. I would watch little things. That you see you would see them all yelling back when their pickoffs come in. Like there's different things that for me and I was watching that I would pick up. Like that's taught, you know. And so if you give a little glimpse of like what your dugout participation, how you bring that in? Yeah. So w really, what it was start like we uh, with our mental mental performance coach mental skills coach brian kane so he'll he'll come over here with me um and, and he'll he'll talk about that he does a great job of talking about it but like anything he can talk um but yet it's going to be about coaches making sure that it's happening daily that right. not one talk and then so you're paying attention to it you know so it just it's just being engaged being a great teammate i'm not a real big guy into lip service just talking to talk you know and sometimes it starts with a player who's just talking to talk, but then once he really learns why he's doing it, but yeah, it, it's, again, it's a skill, just like base running, like hitting, you need to talk about it. You need to make sure they're doing it. Now, obviously in practices, you don't, you know, unless until you start playing scrimmages in your skill hours, that's not really talked about 
Um, we'll have team organizational meetings every Friday where it's non-baseball related, but we we're ta- we talk about those type things, you know, so that that's a part of it. That's a, a little classroom setting that we'll do every Friday. I mean, that's where Brian King would talk. And I, I actually have a guy on my staff named Mike Bahoon is going to be our director of player, uh, director of player development, mental performance leadership. So he'll actually be able to be around them daily. He can't coach the baseball parts, but he can talk about the mental training and being routine oriented and breathing and things like that, which, which uh, the longer I'm involved in this game, I realize how important those things are. You know, we always talk about wanting to have mental tough players and guys that have good routines and stuff, but yet not many of us teach it. And, and more importantly, not even of us pay attention to what our routines our players have. And, you know, it's, it's super important. And again, like I say, everything, like all these things you have to teach daily. It's, there's no pill at Walmart where you take it. Now I have good, good routines and I have good mental skills. You know I mean? That has to be worked on daily. You know, we always hear people talk about that, you know, 90% of the game is mental, but yet how much time do we actually spend on the mental game? You know? So, and, and a lot of it's the, the, the different visionary vision things and their, their uh, breathing and, and visualization and, and a lot of type things that things that players have to do on their own. You know, but there's different apparatuses and in our and Brian King will teach them and have different websites for them to look at and then his own little recordings that he'll have them and, and it's like anything, you can only get out of it what you put into it. You know, it's like a bank account. You can only take out what you put in. So mm. the key is getting players to believe in it, know how important it is. And you know, and, and having speakers on those Friday team organization team organizational meetings, which we call Tom meetings, and that talk to them like we'll always ask each guy, what's the, the million dollar question? What do you wish you knew? You know, what do you what do you know now that you wish you knew then? And and it'll always be like, man, I wish my freshman year, the first time I heard it, I wish I had a body in. Whereas some players, it takes two months, one year, two years, you know what I mean? It's like, guys, we wouldn't be going over this if it wasn't super important part of our program. We wouldn't do it. We don't ever do anything because we're bored and we're just trying to add add something else to to the to what we're doing. It's super important, you know. So we try to sell that through the recruiting period. When, you know, when you're bringing in new recruits and saying, here's what we have to offer in this program. This is what separates us maybe from other programs. But obviously we're going to a situation where you have, you know, say it's uh, – 27 returning players. So you got to really be able to sell it and get them to understand and to buy in. And, and part of the things since I've taken the job is I'm trying to, you know, think different now. You know what I mean? Like you guys need it there. Everything's going to become important. And you, know, you guys need to think different. You have to be, have a big time open mind, be really open-minded and not set on your ways. And, um, and, and again, that's a challenge and that's, I don't have answers for that stuff yet. I, I have a plan and I'm going to be very, and it's going to be non-negotiable and we're going to do it. And again, I guess it's as simple as that. Like the guys that won't buy into it, they won't be around. I mean, I, 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 you know, you hate to be blunt and you hate to be, but that's just the way it is. If I have to end up with 15 players that buy in, then we'll have 15 players. We have to honor their scholarships. We'll do all that, but we are going to find the right guys. You know, like Herb Brooks in my favorite movie, Miracle Man, we're not looking for the best players. We're looking for the right players, you know, and that, I think that whole, that bodes really true. Oh, absolutely. No, absolutely. Because yeah, you're going to take, take those guys that are fully bought in. So like thinking about buying in coach is when you buy in, it is basically trust. How do you build trust? So what, what I've tried to tell these guys, and this is what I'll tell them in the first meeting, is I can't afford for you guys to wait a month or two months until you trust me. You have to trust me right 
now. Just like I'll tell the players, guys, I trust and believe in you right now. You're not, we're not going to go one month into this fall and then you finally earn my trust. That being said, I'm very aware that I can lose their trust in one day. A player can lose my trust in one day. But I need them to give me the benefit going in that you trust me. And then if I lose it, that's on me. But so that's that's the deal. You know, I mean, I'm I'm just gonna have to say, guys, we don't have time to wait. We've got to it's, the longer you wait, the farther we go backwards. And we can't afford any days going backwards, man. We're trying to win every single day. So yeah, that's gonna be a challenge. I still believe that's, you know, that's what I've been doing my whole career, whole career for 36 years. You're trying to earn their trust and get them to, obviously it's way easier for guys that have been around you or, you know, when you, when you recruit guys in the program, the players got to meet your, your players in your program and say, Hey, what's this guy like? And hey, he's a little wacko, but really start believing what it is. Maybe don't get <laughs> caught up in how he says it, but, but listen to what he says. You know what I mean? So that, yeah. that's the deal. That's the challenge. That's the neatest thing about, um, Although I've never really felt like I was an assistant coach, I've had my own jobs, and it was like in my mind, it was my club. But as a head coach, it's your, the, it's it's completely your heartbeat. You know what I mean? So, and that's the neat thing. That's what I, I'm actually excited about. That you know, I've always had just hey, these are my little soldiers, my position players. Or, or when I was a pitching coach X amount of years ago, you know, your goal was to get them almost brainwash them and they're, and they're becoming what you want them to become. So now you now you have a whole team, which which is exciting for me. You know, um, I, I've I've got to do so many things in this game, and and been a pitching coach, and been a you know every there's not a position I haven't coached, and 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 hopefully that there's not a position that I didn't coach at a really high level where they had really good success. You know, and I've been around so many great coaches that I there's not a day I've been on the field where I didn't pay attention to all the great coaches I've been around and and watch how they got the most out of their players and try to steal the great things from them you know so that that's what's so neat when you when you there's better coaches than me but they're not coaches that have been around better people and players than me you know and I would have to really been a fool not to pay attention to all the players and great coaches and great people that I've been around so 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 it's piggybacking on that and because I, I think you'd be phenomenal, like a great perspective because the amount of elite players that you have been able to coach, what do they have in common in players? Yeah, so this is, I'm a real big guy. I like to talk about characteristics. Like, you know, like in, in hitting, I have characteristics of a successful hitter and I've got them on a board that I talk about and characteristics of a winning player and here's what they do. And so here, here's what's, it, it's so simple. All the great players I've been around we're all super coachable. They are invested in their teammates. They were, they had great aptitude. They were quick learners. They were, they got comfortable being uncomfortable. You know what I mean? And, and that's what, what is so crazy to me is the great players I've been around, when you told them something, they did it. And they were, they may have left our session in the cages or on the field thinking this guy's full of baloney. I don't know what he's teaching, but they never acted. They never disrespected. Yes, sir. Did whatever you told them. But once in a while you run around a bad player who's hitting 210 and everything you say to them, they're fighting with you and they don't, they're not coachable and they're disrespectful. And you're like, how come the great players that probably could have didn't need me for sure. They didn't need me. Never acted like you act, but you're the one that actually does need me 
and you want to fight. You know what I mean? It's 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 just it's just so funny to me. So it was like there was never a coincidence why the amazing players and why I was around that I was around became amazing. Another one of my sayings I love to use is success leaves clues. And the guys that had super success, like it was written all over them, the way they acted, the way they the teammate they were. But some of the guys that are that are just average players or below average, they don't do, they don't act the same way the other guys are. And it's just not a coincidence that the other guys were able to grow. And even though they were super talented, they continue to grow. Whereas maybe some of the other guys just get, they're just, they are where they are and they actually go backwards because they don't let you in. They refuse to do it. Now I haven't been around too many of those type of players, to be honest with you, the players I've been around have been just great, great kids. You know, so I don't have some, but I've been around just enough of them to go like, man, you're just a little stubborn. And I, you know, I can't believe like you actually question that. Like, you know, if I ask a question, I don't, I'm, I'm sort of trying to find out. But if I tell you, hey, you got to get your hands here or you need to do this. Or if you ever tried to like, then do it instead of fighting. Well, it's not comfortable. That's not what I normally do. You know, and the, the get comfortable being uncomfortable is a huge topic for me. You know, Oh, that's very comfortable. When the player you know, who's hitting 210 and you try to get him to change and he's, and he's like, well, I'm not comfortable. And I'll just tell him, you know, I'm not real comfortable watching you hit 210. Let's be really honest with you. You know what I mean? Would you rather be uncomfortable and have a chance to be good? Or do you want to be comfortable and just be average or below, you know? And, 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 and when you, when you make changes, you have growth. You know what I mean? When you're uncomfortable, that's how you grow. If you're not uncomfortable, you're going to stay exactly where you are. And if you're doing great, well, then who's trying to make you change? You know what I mean? So that that's the thing. But but growth is what we're all trying to get. As a coach, I'm trying to grow daily. As a player, they should be trying to grow daily. You know, you need to have a learner's mindset. You know, you need to want to continue to learn. You know, I've got another one of those sayings that says, it's, it's what you learn after you know it all that counts. You know what I mean? Like that's you know, when you've been doing it 36 years like I have and screwed up as many times as I have and you you just, man, it's those things that you continue to learn. Man, I thought I had a pretty good grasp of this. Mm -hmm. Boy, this guy taught me this. Or, man, I watched this guy and it just becomes awesome. Like, man, I thought I had a pretty good handle. Man, and I, and I can add this to my repertoire. You know what I mean? So, like, there's no, well, this is what I've always done. This is what we do. Like, no, man, continue to grow. And especially if I'm going to ask my players to grow daily and we're going to make adjustments daily, like, why wouldn't I be doing that as a coach? You know I mean? I have to be that guy that's doing the same thing. Now, again, you can't be wishy-washy. You can't be changing every day. We're in the cages. I change something. I've got my three, four things that we're going to do consistently. And these things all hitters do. But, boy, if we can add this new drill or, hey, man, I, I heard somebody talk the other day and he, he explains it like this. Um, and I use different verbiage for them. Maybe they, the verbiage that I just heard is better. I'm telling them the exact same thing that somebody else is, but man, he's not getting it. So I think that's where the challenge is that the continuing to grow and, you know, uh, and not being set in your ways and being stubborn. You know what I mean? Like, I think we just all need to uh, continue to grow and, and make adjustments and, you know. Mm. So speaking of that, so I think it's a great segue into, like you said, you, you, you have, you've worked with the best people as well as, what are those great coaches that you've worked with? What do they have in common? You know, so let's even need through throughout my years. One of my all time favorite coaches was a guy named Mike Gillespie. He, he died a couple of years ago, which is still crushing. It's still hard to believe that the number 19 is gone. But even when I was a younger coach and he was already just established great coach, he would call me and ask me, Hey, how do you do your first and thirds? And, 
And it, it was all comical to me, like, why are you calling to ask me? You're the one that has all the answers. But I learned earlier, it's like the great coaches are always searching and asking things. Whereas maybe I'm in professional baseball, I've got a younger hitting coach or a younger guy, and he didn't want to ever ask. And, and he was, you know, really set on what he wanted to do. And it's like, buddy, you're the one that should be asking the questions. But yet the older coaches ask questions. And again, they're, they're just trying to get that one little nugget. They're trying to pick your brains a little bit. And then you probably learn that, like, when you've established yourself, that you're not insecure, like you're not afraid to listen to what somebody says. Whereas maybe a younger coach feels those insecurities and he's always trying to prove to you that he doesn't need help. And like, you're so backwards. Like we all need help, you know? So those are a lot of the things that I just learned from those great, they were always learners. They always ask questions. Um, and, 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 and maybe sometimes they were interviewing me in a way, like they already had their answer, but they wanted to ask me. Like I was with the Yankees, another Mark Newman, who was our, our in charge of our player development, which was, he was unbelievable probably the best pure baseball man I've ever met. And he would like, Hey, what do you, how do you do your relay? Nobody on ball in the right field corner. And it's like, buddy, you're the one that invented this stuff. Why are you asking me? So <laughs> I, I think he was trying to see if I knew what I was talking about. You know what I mean? Um, but he would listen. And, and the key was, I always wanted to be prepared. So if I, he said, well, the ball in the right field corner, I have my second base and the shortstop's a trailer. Well, I have, me personally, we have our second baseman and the first baseman's a trailer. And I would tell him why it's a shorter run and this, this, and that. And of course, he had an answer for everything. Well, what happens if you have a bad thrower as your first baseman or a bad athlete? And my response would be, I'm never going to play a bad athlete at first base. As important as that position is, I'm not playing a bad defender at first. Whereas some play, coaches may just play the guy that can't run and can't do anything. Let's stick him at first. I don't believe in that for one second. Like I want any, I want good athletes there. You know what I mean? Because Make they come into play at so many plays. And it's one of those deals when you have a good first baseman, you take them for granted. Man, have a bad first baseman for a little bit and you'll understand how important it is, you know. Oh, or it's fun when we play against teams that have a bad first baseman. It's fun to the guy doesn't pick the bad throw or can't get off the bag and make a tag. And so, but but I just the, the all the great coaches I, I've been around have been just they bring great learners. They ask questions and they were very, very humble in the way they acted. And then you have a bunch of different personalities, which is awesome to watch. And so many things like I'm one of those guys who are like, God, I wish I could act like Kirk Sarvos. I wish I was as cool as him, and, <laughs> but I just can't do that. Like, I'm just different than him. And so you also needed to learn, like, you got to be who you are. And you've got to, you know, you just, it just, it is what it is. You need to continue to try to make adjustments. But man, you can't try to be somebody you're not, you know. And, and what's crazy is I've never been around a real animated coach. You know, I mean, I've been around some individuals through my career, but never really on my staff. And I don't think the staff would be big enough to have two of us. You know what I mean? So thank goodness that we always had great. <laughs> we always did great together because they weren't like that. Um, but he, I always, from a side guy, wish I could be like that. And man, boy, the way he talks so nice and quiet and such, you know, I mean, like, I, I just love those things. I think it's a lot of things like in life. We always want things that we don't have, you know, Yeah. but I've always really appreciated guys that do things a different way. And, you know, man, I just, oh, God, that would be awesome. You know? So. Yeah. I'm sure it's uh, uh, hard because I, I fight that as well, you know, being a very, pretty emotional, you know, and trying to keep it under control. Do you find that like, well, here's a question coach for you. Like, uh, are you going to be like a Jack leg? Are you still going to coach third base? Like Tim Corbin being the, being the head guy, are you going to go in the dugout more like slosh? Are you going to like, so I'm just thinking about, you know, making those decisions, you know, managing, does it change? I know you, like you said, you gotta yeah. be who you are. How does that, 
go yeah. in about so your... that, that that's that that's a great question and, and, and i've had a lot of people ask it i'm actually going to be in the dugout um because i have uh sean allen with me who i i saw coach at texas five years and, and at sam houston and tulane and i thought he was a fantastic third base coach so um as much as i love being coaching third i've always i like to be in the dugout there's so many so many things I can teach my players or even an approach going to the plate from the dugout. Um, I don't like to be seen in the dugout. I like to just stay in the dugout. I don't want to get on the front step and have anybody see me. I like to stay in the dugout. So they may not even know I was at the game, um, but I, I like to do a lot of things, there, but it's going to be different. And, and what's going to be real to Sean and I have never worked together. So I've got to teach him the certain things. And at third, I can control certain things and put on a really quick steal sign and, um, I'll actually relay the signs to Sean because I, I don't I don't like the, the when when coaches give signs from the dugout, but I understand completely why they do it. Um, but I, I will relay. But there's so many things as a third base coach I can do or tell them the third base runners and certain things I can put on real quick. And so that's going to be different for me. Um, and what I do know is I trust Sean. He'll be fantastic. And I do believe that you can't like have the guy go out there and he makes a couple of mistakes and then you go out there. You know I mean? I think that's, um, that's, I don't think that's a good formula. Like I'll see some teams where they change their base coaches once in a while, or you know, we're on a hot streak or boy, I mean that, you know, I'm not into that. Um, so, but that, that'll be different because I don't know the last, it's been a lot of years, a lot of years since I have to coach <laughs> the base. And obviously I love the, uh, the adrenaline of it, of knowing that the decisions you can make. And uh, I won't miss making the mistakes that I've made before at third base. And now one thing I would never get upset is because I, um, I know how hard it is. So it's like one of those things where if you've done it and you've done it at a high level and you've done it a lot, you know, even if you do it, you've done it at a high level, you still screwed up a lot. So you have, you have remorse. You understand like, man, that's, yeah, that's happened to me, you know? So yeah. there's, again, um, <laughs> the one thing about experiences is that I like, nobody has screwed up more than me. So, you know, it's not like, well, I've done that perfect my whole career. So I have a, I do have some empathy for, um, for not making, for making mistakes. Cause I've made tons of them. Sure. It's like you said, that's how we go, you know, and I'm sure, you know, you're just trying to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, yeah. Without part of it for sure. Um, it's funny. I just, yeah, just that it's thinking about just uh, keeping those emotions in check in the dugout. I, I'm sure that that's just something and keeping that passion in there, but yeah, they're definitely, you know, going to be able to get that during the game uh, from me, but I'm sure that that's a, you know, how do you, how do you handle, how do you handle that? Like, has, has it been a part of, I don't know. I guess you guess you haven't really gone through it yet, but I'm just thinking about that. Yeah. I'm sure you yeah, have Those are great things. And those have been in my mind. The neat thing about coaching third was when I'm at third, I don't want to ever have emotion out there. Um, so it's, it, that was a good thing about being on the field. I can't act like a fool in the third base box. So yeah. in the dugout, I can be hidden in there, but so, I, but they're going to, they're going to feed off my emotion, which I'm going to try not to have a lot of emotion I'm going to try to always remember how hard the game is. So that, that's going to be a yeah. fight. Like that's going to be a, uh, you know, like Mike social when I was with the angels, man, he was, he never, you never saw anything and he could just, and I'm like, that that's not going to be me, but I'm also a guy that like, even if I don't, I'll think I'm doing great, not saying anything, but they're going to be able to read my face. It's, it'll say a million words. So it's a, it's going to have to be an encouraging and a stay with it. And next pitch. You know, if, if, if the last O on Ohio was one pitch at a time, 
then we need to, instead of me crying about the last pitch, let's get to the next pitch, you know? So obviously in a game, I've been in the dugout half the time. So I got, you know, so again, but as the head guy, they, they're going to feed off of you. And I have watched enough games on TV where the, the, the dumb head coach or the manager, the camera likes to go to him a lot. Yeah. So I better, you know, watch what the heck I'm doing. Um, so that, that is going to be some of the interesting parts and that's going to be, uh, it'll keep me on check a little bit. I don't want my wife watching the game and, and send it. I can't believe you yelled at Trey. I can't believe you did that. <laughs> I got you, honey. So yeah, you're right. And it, let alone do I want their parents to see me doing that. So that's right. going to keep me in check probably for the first inning. <laughs> that's right. It'll keep you down for the pregame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Oh yeah, that'll be good. That'll be good. I'm sure, but like you said, coach, it's just who you are and what we're, you know, trying to be the best you can. And um, gosh, that is, is great. But that's the, and I, the reason I, I asked it is because these are questions that I have within myself a yeah. lot, you know, and how I played the game and how I've always been. And, and so just, you know, again, but the end of the day is like, how do I make the best decisions, you know, and trying right. to, that's what I always come back to, you know, and sometimes my best decisions are like, like when I'm right. kind of fearless and sure. like you, like you yeah. when you said fearless and reckless, you know, like I, I'd say that a lot, you know, and talking, but even me, when my decision-making, I talk about being fearless a lot because then typically right. they're quick and my, my emotion, I just kind of, and there's, but there's times I've also failed that way too, you know, but. Yeah. Um, but that, that comes, so, you know, the other few things for me is, you know, being the head coach is it's easier from the dugout. I can, prepare the, our pitching with my pitching coach and talk about, Hey, if we get the lead when you're at third, it's tough. And even if you're on the other side, even though I'm a guy that's always been prepared, maybe even a couple of innings ahead, but like as a pinch hitter and hey, I can talk to the two guys, you know, Hey, make sure you two guys are ready. Then when you're in the dugout, you can say, okay, Hey, all right, Trey, you're going up to hit. Whereas at third base, it was sort of tough sometimes like, no, no, no. I said the other guy, you know, yeah. I don't yeah. done a good job of, of telling them, Hey, you two guys get loose. And, 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 and giving them pretty much, hey, remember, if they keep this power right-hander in, you're going to hit. And if they bring in the lefty, you're going to – you know what I mean? So I'm yeah. prepared. But even that last second, to be able to tell a guy or not, it's way easier in the dugout. And, again, yeah. the pitching decisions where things happen super quick, um, it's going to be a lot easier to talk with your pitching coach when you're in there. And So remember, if we tie this up, we're going to bring him in there. And if we go ahead, you know, make sure that we have our stopper – playing a little catch. So, you know, I plan on us hitting a two-run homer in the ninth, so we need to get him really ready. Whereas when you're at third base, it's it's a way harder to do those type, type of things, you know. So, sure. so those things have entered my mind on that. And I have in the minor leagues, like maybe the last time in 2000, 2006, which is, yeah, is a long time ago, uh, I had a, a guy that I believe was going to be a manager in professional baseball one day. I had him coach third because I wanted to help him get better at that and then i would give signs to him at third base coach so i have done it before it's just been a while yeah i'm sure you have probably have enough guys that you can call and talk to yeah, and no, like you said I, yeah. ask questions because that's sure. what like i said you're a great coach and that's what great coaches do so i'm sure that you've made your phone calls as well to uh, putting on this putting on the new hat and all but uh Coach, I just, I just honestly can't thank you enough. I've been here. We've been here about an hour. I just, I want to respect your time. I know you said you got a more, you got some phone calls and things like that, but I just, I can't thank you. Can't thank you enough for, for taking some time to talk some baseball, man. It's been a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Thanks, Trey. I appreciate it. We, I really appreciate the way you helped grow the game for, uh, for us. You know what I mean? What a, what a great resource the players out there, other coaches and guys like myself have. So I really appreciate you.
Coach Moziello just giving us all kinds of great information. Uh, I know just looking back to my notes, just the biggest thing that's bolded for me is keeper of the game. And how he continues to want to be a keeper of the game and being a model of that and holding guys accountable to that to play it and to keep our game as great as it is. I loved, um, you know, how he perfectly simplified culture and what it meant to be culture. Uh, briefly touched based about him, his freebie war. Um, didn't get to dive much into that, but, you know, I know his had their time at TCU trying to win the freebie war, which is really like turnovers in football. Freebie wars is in giving away outs, giving away free bases, which is walks, hit by pitchers, interference, uh, errors, balks. Anytime we're giving away free base, if we'd give less than the other team, probably putting ourselves in our best place to win. Um, I love this thing about good players learn from their own mistakes. Great players learn from other mistakes. A, a really great, interesting tidbit. You know, you see the guy in front of you making that mistake, or you might see this. You know, when I'm a when I'm a freshman, I'm a young guy, I'm playing around, but I can see the mistake they made. And then I'm not gonna make that mistake. A great player won't make the same mistake they see out there. Uh, a great way for him to put that. You know, are you paying attention to what's going on around you? It's a great way to put it. Um, you know, defining defining what it means to be at Ohio State. O H I O. Ownership, hardworking, integrity, one pitch at a time. And again, I love the. You'll hear different pizza, different pieces in there. If I expect them to be a one pitch at a time. That's what I'm going to be talking about in the dugout. That's what I'm going to be about when I'm in there. If that's what I'm going to hold them to, that's what I'm going to do. So, again, those are the common themes that we also hear about great coaches, just like how he talked about great coaches ask questions. They're learners. They, we all, they all need help. They're humble in the way they act, they, but they are who they are. They're unique. They are. They are. I guess coaches would say you're unapologetic, unapologetically authentic. Um, be who you are. Continue to make adjustments. Continue to make adjustments. This is kind of how he started things off. You adapt or you die. You know, so Coach Moziello, just can't thank you enough. Uh, appreciate all the time. Hope you guys had a great – got some great information. That's what this is all about. Continue to grow the game. Continue to ask questions. Keep learning. And thanks uh, – big shout-out to Will Meyer and guys at Netting Pros as well for helping us make this possible and continue to sponsor us and continue to do great things as we move forward. So, hope all is well. And um, – until next week, keep getting better.